Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Darren Verasami. He is a TEDx speaker and COO of 34 Strong Inc. and an expert in employee engagement. Darren, welcome to our show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on board, Christopher. Pleasure to be here. So the first thing that popped in mind when I was looking at your profile on LinkedIn was uh, Gallup poll, because I, I just love reading Gallup polls. And I remember reading about how 87% of Americans were either disinterested, disliked, or hated their jobs, like 87%. And it always shocked me because again, if America is supposed to be this shining light for the world, that's pretty actually sad. And so you do about, you talk about employee engagement. So talk to us about how you even got into that world of uh, employee engagement, employee engagement. Yeah, well, I got, got into the world of employee engagement from being living in a world of employee disengagement. So <laughs> the, the, the quick story on that is I had this really interesting juxtaposition in my life where I was in two roles. One, I was a senior leader, senior executive in a, in a company down in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I used to commute about 100 miles to get there uh, one way. And um, there was a lot of disconnect that was taking place within that team. Trust wasn't high and any of that. And I was in a role where I was a leader, but I could, my hands were kind of tied based on how the ownership was structured because um, I wasn't an owner. And trust didn't thrive, and I knew how that felt. At the same time, I was teaching at a college here in the Sacramento region of California where I live, and the team was highly engaged. There was a lot of trust. Everybody had each other's back, and I realized something had to change. So I got into that world just real quick. My, my daughter laughed out loud in my lap um, on a trip to the big island of Hawaii, and that changed everything for me. What do you mean, la you said she laughed out loud, what? She laughed out loud for the first time, and that changed everything, and here's why. Because in that moment, she was only four and a half months old. It was the first trip that we were taking as a family, and at that moment, I realized, I looked at her, and I saw all this potential in her. I also saw, like, that was totally amazing, and what happened to my potential? Here I was living this, this life, you know, telling myself I'm with the two most important people in my life, my wife and my daughter, and I wasn't living a life that was true to that at all. I was commuting these long commutes to a job that I highly disliked, but I had become really good in that I was highly disengaged in and a team where disengagement was just rampant. And I, I just said, I, I got to do something about this. So I moved in. It, it came back from that trip as fate would have it. And uh, the college I was teaching at ended up having a lot more, more time for me to be able to teach. So ended up jumping down that path, taking a massive pay cut, and cutting a deal with that other employer to stay on board and consult with them and help with uh, unwinding my position and training up my replacement that was going on. I didn't want to leave them hanging. And within that time period, I met my business partner in 34 Strong and co-founded uh, 34 Strong because I, I just didn't want people to go to work feeling like I did. I knew work could be a great place to be. Yeah. Before we dive into that, I just have one question. And this is more of a curious thing. Like, you drove 100 miles one way. And what were you thinking? What were you doing during those hundred miles? That's like insane. And for those of you don't, who don't know the Bay Area, the traffic there is like soul wrenching as what Elon Musk often says. I'm just curious, you know, what did you do during that hundred miles? Yeah. So on the mornings down, a lot of my projects, I was in commercial construction. A lot of my projects were on the East Coast. 
So I would actually use that time going in. I'd be leaving really, really early. A lot of times I was on the road by five or well before that. And on the drive in, I was catching up with my East Coast projects a lot of the time uh, and kind of going in. If there wasn't anything to catch up on on that, I used the time to read audiobooks. Um, oh, did you drive there or you took the train? I was driving because I was in construction. So I needed to sometimes go to a pro I needed to go to the office. Then sometimes I had to go to a project in San Francisco or one in San Jose. So the commute home could be even longer. So that was just nuts. I needed a vehicle. So I, I was around a lot on, on that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, I wish I could have taken the train then, but that's yeah. just the nature of how it was. So yeah, sometimes I was doing that. I was listening to other languages trying to learn and pick up little pockets of other languages. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not great for the health. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, again, that, that can be its own TEDx talk. So let's talk about the 34 Strong. First of all, why did you name it 34 Strong? What, what, what's the name mean? Yeah, so the, the Clifton Strengths, we're talking about Gallup there. And Gallup yeah. had this uh, assessment when we, we started the organization, the Clifton Strengths process. And Donald Clifton asked the question decades ago, what will happen when we focus on what's right with people instead of fixating on what's wrong with them? And in a nutshell, what came out of that was that guided his life's work, Christopher, and he ended up going through and studying uh, how talent naturally exists in people. I'm not talking about talent, like how good uh, are you at throwing a baseball or painting? He was talking about talent through the natural patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior that could be productively applied. So in his research, what he ended up finding and unlocking was there was these 34 buckets of talent that naturally exist in all people in a ranked order from one through 34. But the, the order in which they exist in all of us is very, very unique to us. So the way, reason we came up with 34 strong was, guess what? Even though our patterns might be different in how they show up, all of these strengths are powerful. And all 34 are strong. So we came up with the name 34 strong. There's not like the right talents to have and the wrong ones to have. In fact, our differences can be an advantage. That's a huge part of cultures of employee engagement, great places to work. It's the fact that they embrace their differences as an advantage. That's why we came up with the name 34 strong. Yeah, it's cool. So walk us through how you go about helping your clients. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a process where we really help identify engagement first and foremost. So we measure it. A big part of the work that we do is actually measuring employee engagement. And, and again, define what that means. Like employee yeah, yeah, absolutely. We use, we use a Gallup tool as well called the Q12. So it's a tool that they have where there's these 12 statements. And in those 12 statements, what Gallup did for 25 years was study why the best employees actually stay. As opposed to the traditional, Christopher, what do we do when somebody's leaving? We have an exit interview. Gallup studied why the best employees stay. So in these 12 statements, it goes through, the employees go through, complete the survey, and it actually measures the level of employee engagement. And all the data and analytics are all behind that in Gallup's Q12. We don't have time in our short burst here to get into that. But we measure that. We take inventory of where they're at. We have people go through the process of identifying their strengths, taking the strengths finder. And within that, we can create some structure and pathways in how they can align their teams around uh, where their strengths get to play together. More importantly, we really help develop their leadership and their management so they can actually create and sustain a culture that's strengths focused, that's really tied into getting people to play into their strengths, keeping them engaged, asking the right questions to understand how people learn differently, how they like to be recognized differently, and how they're going to show up strongest. 
and then working on that. So it's, it, it's a whole whole series of, of, of process that we have, but we've, uh, you know, in, in COVID, in, in the COVID land that we've gotten into, we've actually been doing a lot more one-to-many type environments uh, than we've gotten into with specific clients where people are just trying to send their managers in to get developed as best managers or best bosses. And that's a lot more of what we've been doing in this season. So we're in the middle of literally the pivot of that taking place and been having a lot of traction in that. Interesting. So let, let's, let's give a scenario. Let's say you have a, a, a team of 30 people. It's like five managers and, and like 25 employees. So do you like go into the senior manager and talk to them and then you go to each individual. I'm just trying to like, kind of like sink my teeth into like, like you know, more of a, a process and flow. So let's say there's 30 people you want to work with, five are managers and 25 employees. Like how, just on a macro level, obviously, right? I mean, not- yeah. Yeah. And starting with, that's a great question. Starting with a lot of time, if we were in a 30 person team or 30 person company, um, we would start with the leadership team. The reason being is it does nothing to create long-term sustainability in a company, in a business. If we come in and we go to the whole organization, but the leadership's not bought in, right? So we actually start with them, make the connection between their own strengths that de- define who they are, who they're not, and getting them to understand how they play in that sandbox together with each other and the importance of culture. They take that ownership for us. That's a program we have called Leading with Strengths that gets that process started. Then we train them through some of the tactics that get into how do I manage my team to create engagement? But it has to start with that awareness and understanding of that. Then we can get into the team and going through that. But we always take that measure of employee engagement. So when the leaders are stepping in, they actually have an idea. How are your people feeling? How are people showing up? And this stuff matters, not, you know, touchy-feely, feel-good, you know, only elements. That's, that's not what it's about. It's about it impacts your bottom line. It impacts your productivity, performance, theft you know, safety incidents, all those sorts of things uh, that many businesses want to have. No, again, and, and that's why, like, when I looked at the Gallup, like, that, that just, it's all there, you know, it's research. That's, that's the beauty of all this stuff, right? So, but you also talk with the, you also work with the teams as well, or you have the management, you train them, and then the managers actually train their team, or do you actually also individually, individually work with the, with, the, with, the, with the staff as well? We, we, it's, it's from a client uh, engagement piece. It just depends on each client. We've gone full organizational wide where we've worked at all levels of the organization. We've gone with some where we've just worked pretty much with the leadership teams and then they start rolling it out. And then we work with them kind of partnered in a strategic uh, sort of perspective. Our long-term success, Christopher, is all about when our clients actually don't need us anymore. Yeah. That's what that's and that's what we tell our clients and they're blown away when we start pulling back because it's sticking because of what their teams have become their own internal ambassadors and champions have become where they're needing us more with strategic guidance, but not as heavily in the trenches in the day to day. That's how we measure our success and we can be held accountable as well because what do we do we help measure employee engagement It measures what we're doing, but it also measures the success of what their managers are actually implementing. And, and you measure based on just like a survey you, you take? Because like I've, I've read up on yeah, all these surveys. That's the Q12, where you, you measure it now to, again, test where people's overall level of employee engagement is. And then you can run that every year and seeing if the changes that you've inter- introduced, that you've gotten into, have actually started to stick and create nice. some traction. Nice. Awesome. Darren, thanks so much for being on our show today. Really appreciate it. Uh, how can our guests stay in touch with you? Yeah, they can reach out with me, of course, on LinkedIn, which is where we first connected, Christopher. So that's a great platform to, to, to find me. 
uh, just Darren Verasami. Um, and I'm sure you'll have that in the, the, sh the show notes there. You can also check us out at 34strong.com. That's a great place to, uh, to find me as well as on the social media channels. So Great, Darren. Uh, Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you so much, Christopher. You as well.